Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Naya Wrestling. It's me here, your boy, Mark Sylvester, and I hope finding long-time fans and showing non-fans why wrestling is so good. And today I'm joined by a very special guest of mine, a man who we used to do a show many moons ago called Geekomania, and that's right, my friends, this is my boy, Ben Upton. Hello, the reunion. It's been Hello, a long time. It's been a very long time. been Gosh. six, seven years, I know. Back in those yeah. days, we used to be on video recording to the entire world. Yeah, but we actually had hair. I, I know the hair. <laughs> I think the funniest thing is looking back at the beards and the hair and just the clothes we used to wear. I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I used to always just wear a shirt, like a polo shirt with a collar. I never wear those anymore. Like, I have like, oh gosh, yeah, no, looking back at Baby Bad, I'm just like, oh, bless him. Yeah, I know. He had no idea what he was doing. <laughs> I feel for the funniest thing is though, because Mikey's been on a couple episodes before. Just seeing Mikey, how different he looks as well without the beard. Oh gosh, yeah. how young he was and stuff. He, and even Babby and Mike, back back when he was uh, just a quiet little boy that occasionally said weird, weird things. <laughs> yes, he still does say weird, weird things, but that's, that's why we love him so much. But uh, I remember as well. Do you remember the Geeky made it like family? It became like a big faction. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no. I think we had like ten people at one point, didn't we? Doing stuff. Gosh, yeah, no, we had we we, we were we were a little mob. That was for we sure. Were, yeah, for sure. We we should we should have had t-shirts made. Looking oh, back, gosh. we should have t-shirts made. No. <laughs> <laughs> we were never we were never big enough to have no, t-shirts. But, no, but <laughs> <laughs> we, we were never that. even big. We were tiny. Like I don't think anybody watched our stuff. <laughs> No, except we, people, except like us and people yeah, we, well, knew. We, we had a few comments here <laughs> and there, but yeah, no one like that big, no. So uh, Ben, mate, as we're talking about this show, uh, what is your like history and knowledge behind wrestling then? Yeah, so um, I don't, I don't mean you probably have put it in the title, but yeah, we're doing the 2010 Royal Rumble, and uh, like this show was one of the big things that like got me back into watching wrestling proper um back when i was like a young kid like my first memory of like coming across wrestling was like i was like six or seven and my mum had just gotten like an mtl box with sky one and i like sne- like i found that oh like smackdown's on like this is wrestling like, i'm not allowed to watch this like, my mum would hate this <laughs> um and I remember just sneakily watching like a little bit of wrestling every now and again. And it's so weird because I don't really remember any of like the big names that were around at the time, like the rock or stone cold. No, I remember, um, Oh gosh, I've forgotten the names. I should have looked them up beforehand, but, um, the two Japanese guys. Oh, Kai um, and Tai. They were, Kai and Tai. That's yeah, they were it. brilliant. Um, I remember them, and all I remember was whenever they were in a promo, one of them would just say a bunch of long stuff in Japanese, and the other one would just, like, pull the mic towards them and go, Indeed. Yes. (laughs) And and as a six-year-old, I loved that. They they were my guys. (laughs) That's all I remember from, like, watching wrestling as a kid. Other than that, it was video games. Like, any time... I was at a friend's house and they had a wrestling video game. Loved playing them. Loved making dumb creator characters. Loved spamming R1 and hitting finishes on people. And I like the the one game mode I always loved was the Royal Rumble. 
because it's such a fun game type where you just like you just it's like you're playing match after match because you're you're get a, you actually get to pick a character and see ah oh, can i actually get from like one or two all the way to the end and mm-hmm. inevitably you don't and then you just get some guy <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah I, I remember that some guy it's like who is this person it's like yeah and for me it was always a running thing that for whatever reason i always ended up with ezekiel jackson i don't know what it was but for some reason the random generator just as soon as ezekiel jackson came out it was my time and it's like oh i'm ezekiel jackson now great <laughs> so can i ask like what got you out of watching wrestling then what got me out sorry yeah, what got you out, and then what got you? Then what got you back into watching the show as well? Well, what got? It wasn't anything that got me out of it. It was more just that I couldn't. Like, okay. <laughs> like it was just, it just wasn't really easily available for me because I didn't really have like, you know, it was occasionally on Sky, but like, I didn't like really like get super into it um, until um, in secondary school. Um, my friend Nick like really big into wrestling, and. He was like, hey, like, I'm watching, like, the Royal Rumble. Do you want to come around and watch it? And I'm 90% sure it was this Royal Rumble. It might have been the year before. Um, but I vividly remember this Rumble and watching this at his house. So this I, this Rumble is, like, the turning point for me of, like, me watching a pay-per-view. I think I'd been around his house and watched, like, a SmackDown or a Raw every so often. Mm-hmm. So I was, like, a little in the loop. But... I didn't have like Sky at the time, so I couldn't like watch wrestling regularly. And I was a good little honest boy that would never ever do anything illegal on the internet to watch wrestling. Um, and I still am. Would ne- would never ever do anything illegal to watch wrestling on the internet. I never would do that. Nah. Um, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll let other people do it for me, but I wouldn't do it myself. <laughs> <I'll be sure. laughs> you know, if it's something with Daily Motion, I'm like, so I'm going to watch this. I mean, that's, that's how I was able to get watch all my New Japan stuff. Daily Motion, yeah, might as well. New What's Japan, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, watch watching, it. It, watching it's just as bad as the cry mark you're enabling. <laughs> oh. it's, it's, that's how I was able to watch um, Okada Omega 4. Oh, that was a good match, Ben. That, that was a good match. Yeah, but yeah, no, my, my, my love of wrestling kind of just spread out from there. Um, and, you know, I'd like watch the occasional pay-per-view and then when i got more into my own adult life and i was like oh wait i can actually watch wrestling on my own time because i'm an adult and can make my own choices <laughs> yeah definitely man uh, i mean before we get into the proper pay-per-view itself was there any particular wrestler at this time that you that gravitated uh that you gravitated towards to sorry so i think uh the like i i i known like a lot of the big names you know I, I i i knew about your rocks your austins your your john cena's um i think the one wrestler that like really connect i connected with the first time i saw him was cm punk mm-hmm. um and i'm, I'm sure that's going to be a common thread for you um but like yeah like i i vividly remember uh watching like like I think it was actually like in the video games actually like I was like playing like Smackdown versus Raw 2007 or something um 
and I was just like playing around and then suddenly there's this one character that pops out to kill switch engage music and I thought it was kind of I, I passingly familiar with kill switch engage and thought they were pretty cool um and I'm like oh okay who's this guy oh wow okay this guy looks nothing like most wrestlers like here's this like scrawny greasy head like tattoo laden like goth guy in an ocean of beefy vince mcmahon you know like muscle heads and it's just like oh who's this guy and oh his moveset this is crazy like uh, i mean like all the like 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 kicks and the knee strikes and then like the gts and it's just like oh this this guy's amazing i'm totally like playing as this guy and then when i actually got to saw him like on like smackdown i think one of the first things i like the first few memories of him i remember is him singing happy birthday to ray mysterio's kids oh yeah i remember <laughs> that and now which they're both in WWE now. In horrible. Which is, uh, it was just a beautifully horrible villainous move, and I loved every second of it. Oh, no, he um, was such, he's such a great heel or baby face. I find Punk oh, on this Yeah, so it was so sleazy. Both so well. Um, and the other one was um, him coming out as Jeff. Oh, yeah, I remember that. That was brilliant. <laughs> Everyone thinking it was Jeff Hardy, and it was like, nope, that's Punk. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was so like a big like solidifying thing of like okay this guy this 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 guy's really up my alley because <laughs> i love a good villain who doesn't love a good villain i know and... man that's the best thing about villains they make the baby face or the good guys seem that much more better if we didn't have a boring here uh bad guy then the heroes won't be so engrossing and everyone wanted them to win so badly exactly so yeah like punk was like a big factor in me getting back in um and then like seeing like a few of the older guys that I recognize, like Rey Mysterio and like Edge, and like eventually when The Rock came back, that was a big thing for me as well because like, oh shit, it's, it's it's the guy, it's it's him wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just see how big he's become now is freaking insane. I'm like, oh uh, yeah, no, it's, it's like a mega mega star. You would like, I I I remember like. I'm pretty sure I remember working when, like, at working at the cinema when, like, Two Fairy and stuff, films like that came out, and just like to think that that guy is now the highest paid actor <laughs> in the world. It's just like, no, I never thought you'd get this far. Yeah. I'll be honest, <laughs> like... neither did I. I knew he had that charisma. I knew he could get far, but I never really realized he would have gone that far. I no. think, I think his breaking point would have been in one of the Fast and Furious films, and then since then. He's gone on to hit after hit after hit mm. after hit. It's mad. He's just so damn likable. He is, isn't he? He's such an awesome guy. It's just, uh, you can't, uh, it's trying to hate him is re- a real struggle. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a bit like a big Foley who you just can't help but like. They're just really cool people. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's that's most of my background with wrestling, really. And then, yeah, no, I've been like a firm fan of, wrestling pretty much ever since like you know it comes and goes every so often but it's because i'm a magpie when it comes to what i like and dislike so <laughs> yeah yeah and also as well i think it depends on what the shows are particularly doing as well because all, in all yeah, the yeah. they have their lows and their high points and that kind of thing too so yeah it and i think looking at the rumble that's usually from the rumble to mania that's usually their like 
mega their peak thing so that's when everyone's watching it again and then as soon as they hit SummerSlam towards um end of end of the year that's usually when it's like more of the lull period so yeah yeah no i i i, I think the rumble does hold a special place in my heart i don't think i've missed a rumble even even uh the greatest royal rumble i watched oh, even God. though even though it really wasn't the greatest <laughs> that rumble was terrible there was another rumble and then oh god i remember 14 15 they were terrible too the most the more recent rumbles have been pretty good and yeah, i also yeah. like as well they've put in a women's raw rumble as well which was like finally they're starting to use the women more and stuff so and they've been really good honestly i've yeah. really enjoyed the women's royal rumbles as of late like they, they have been knocking out of the park um and oh god i i i, I especially like watching this rumble as well like re-watching it again for this episode um it it there's a surprising amount of parallels between 2010 and the last rumble that we just had like i know it's mad isn't it yeah like i was just like wow i mean like the the big thing that happens in this rumble is also the big thing that happens yes. in 2020's Rumble. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I think the 2021 was more of a shot because we thought he would never wrestle again. Mm, mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but but again, that was exactly what it was like in 2010. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. yeah he, was it like an Achilles injury he had? No, it was his neck, I'm pretty sure. Oh, uh, was it? I can't remember. I, I know it was something really bad. He was out for months and then, mm. like, yeah. But before, the thing I found really weird is uh when we go on to it's just the number he was mm. i thought it would have been a later number but anyway we'll, we'll, we'll get to that bit when we get to it so yeah, today, yeah. yeah. so today guys we're going to be looking at the royal rumble 2010 only once a year 30 of the biggest wwe superstars battle to become a legend I will win. 30 men, one ring. The winner goes to WrestleMania. None of you are going to win the Royal Rumble because I am. Who will be the one? WWE Royal Rumble, live this Sunday on pay-per-view. Go to WWE.com to find out how to order WWE Royal Rumble in your area right now. So to begin with, uh, how you got? How did you find the promo package, Ben? Because I thought the promo package was, was really good. It was building up the importance of what happens when they win it, when they're number one. It's on the road to WrestleMania. It's beginning to the road to WrestleMania. But also as well, they were building up the championship matches to make them mm. as important as a Rumble itself because with knowing who's going to be the champion, that's who whoever the winner of the Royal Rumble will then wrestle against kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it was... It's... Perfectly serviceable uh, opening promo. You know, you have you have a big trailer guy voice. Yes. Like <laughs> tonight, uh, you know that guy, and he's always great. Um. <laughs> I always find with WWE, especially, they have such amazing promo packages. Like you can understand a year's worth of feud in a free four minute video, which I f- which is fine. Amazing, just how good the editing is and stuff as mm. well. I mean, as as a pretty dedicated av guy like i I can rag on for hours about how much i hate wwe's camera work but i can never fault their their editors their promo packages are always on point yeah definitely man 
I completely agree with you as well, man. I've been someone who's done editing and stuff, and I'm the same as you. I hate the way the camera works. Like Kevin Dunn, I think, is like, what the fuck are you doing? But when it comes to promo packages, completely agree with you there. Stunning. Second to none. Beautiful yeah. stuff. And the commentary team we had tonight was Matt Stryker, Jerry Lawler, and Michael Cole. Stryker. So I know. I actually was watching this show. I actually missed Stryker because I love how it was before he went all just ridiculously stupid. But this was a time where he used to present you with actual like facts about the wrestlers or facts about wrestling history and actually add more of like when certain things happen, actually flow it more rather than just being like this move or this yeah. move. Or shilling this thing or shilling this thing that they do nowadays. Yeah, this was peak striker. Like, oh man, I, 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 I forgot about Matt Stryker, honestly. And then I was like, yeah, oh, I, oh there actually. he is. I forgot about you. Yeah. I remember you making all of your weird video game references out of nowhere. And there's a few that are hit out of nowhere in here. <laughs> oh, man. And, I, and also, well, this is before Michael Cole went all heel as well. So we had the more mellow and normal Michael Cole. <laughs> you mean we're not in the coal mine? No, not the coal mine yet. That's not for another few more months. Oh, oh gosh. That was so bad. That the coal mine. Right. And then the dark times. They were very much the dark times. <laughs> and then the first match of the card we had was for the ECW Championship between Christian versus Ezekiel Jackson, who was with William Regal. I was like, we got yes, Regal, which was awesome. I was. I, I forgot about that um, tandem together. Yeah, no, I, I was. Uh, it can like like. I was surprised by how much I really didn't remember about this pay-per-view. Same here. It, it, sh- it, it, show- it shows how sadly forgettable a lot of the early matches on this card are. Um, mm. but, but like, as soon as I saw Regal, I was like, ah, oh, look, it's him. I love Regal. I've yes. always loved him. Oh, the way he can weaponize words like, like no one's ever made sunshine sound like such an insult as William Regal. Like, I know. Oh. He's so good. I love that man. I'm so, so glad as well he's still being used. On yeah. NXT, he's the general manager and stuff. I think he's brilliant. And I, I've, as, as I mentioned earlier, I have a weird connection with Ezekiel Jackson. Don't know why, but for some reason, like, me and Ezekiel Jackson are just fated. <laughs> I know. And he was someone else who just disappeared. Like, he... Yeah, he just literally went. was... Yeah, he I, just literally just disappeared and went. I was like, we don't see anything of him anymore. I, I have no idea whatever happened with Ezekiel Jackson. I, I, I hope he's doing okay. I hope he's just retired and happily living somewhere. <laughs> yeah, same here. <laughs> like yeah no that's the he did he did just seem like a guy that was just like oh he's a big muscle guy vince will like him uh (laughs) that's what vince like vince liked all the muscle bound guys it's all the meat the beef as it were yeah and and this is this is a match for the uh, speaking of things i completely forgot about this is a match for the ecw championship the weird wwe one yeah completely Uh, forgot that was a thing (laughs) <laughs> yep, and then a few months later on, they brought in NXT. Mm. And see how full circle that's become. Yeah, and oh god, the weird. We're going off on a tangent here, but the weird start NXT had as this weird reality show kind I know. of thing. It was Ugh. so bad. It was so bad. And when they had when they had matches, they were actually pretty good. Because I remember Daniel Bryan mm. had a big match against Chris Jericho on the first show, which was like, why are not having more of this? Yeah, and then then it evolved to become the performance center development thing and now it's his own show and then got on sleeps and bounds but yeah yeah oh man the ecw was so bad oh gosh i mean i mean some good things some good things have come out of it because of it but oh man (laughs) did you ever watch this december to this member 
Uh, I have. I have watched it since. I think. And oh, you have. It's so yeah. bad. It is so terrible. Uh, yeah. No. It's um. It's a mess. Complete <laughs> mess. Going back to the match, one of the cool things I liked was the commentators putting over William Regal, like saying mm. how since he'd a partner with William Regal, Ezekiel Jackson's gone on to go on this winning streak and that kind of thing. Um, there was amazing strength of Ezekiel Jackson, like showing off his uh, power and everything else. Mm. Yeah, no, it was it for, for the most part. It felt kind of like a pretty standard like power guy versus high flyer match. Mm-hmm. Um, the only like weird outlier is Christian loves wrestling as a heel even when he's not a heel. <laughs> yeah, like, the amount of dirty tactics and just straight up slaps he does like all the time. Like I, I kind of like that about him. Like that he's just like no, I'm, I'm I don't care that I'm actually wrestling his face. I'm still just gonna cheat and do dirty stuff. Yes, and then when he does <laughs> his beautiful, uh, when he does his face stuff like these beautiful drop kicks and his mm. other like splashes and springboards and stuff. Um he still goes back to being the hill again. I, I think he's brilliant. Yeah. No, oh, it's, just, it's such a weird style, but it works for him. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? For sure. Um, I quite, uh, one of my favorite bits is I really like the Christian spring, uh, springboard um, like splash, but also I really like his missile drop kick from Brett's rope. I think that's really, really cool. <laughs> oh, if, if, if you don't know what Brett's rope is, Ben, if you never see, there's a really funny podcast that's called OSW Review. I'm, I'm and... familiar with Brett's rope. <laughs> oh, you're like, oh, wicked. I'm so glad you are because I wanted to, I wanted to cut that joke in and see if you got it. I was like, yeah, she got the joke. Yeah, no, I am familiar with the, the incredible dangers of the second rope. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you want to say about the match, Ben? Because I've literally just wrote down notes about what happened and stuff. Yeah, um, I mean, the only other thing I, I wrote, wrote a note down here was just like, uh, like m- one of my first notes is <gasps> Regal. And then the second note is, oh, no, don't send Regal away. Yeah, <laughs> he was there away. for like... He was there for like a minute and did like nothing. Uh, that that disappointed me. Yeah. Same um, the the only other thing was like uh, the the first thing I thought of was uh like Matt Stryker at one point uh, Christian does a uh, jumping flying uh, European uppercut and uh, Stryker says uh, where is it uh, flying sure you can yes <laughs> and I, was, uh, <laughs> I, I remember and, uh, instantly like, I thought like oh Mark must be loving this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was so good, man. I loved that. But also, as well, one of the cool things I liked about it, how um, they were making the um, the kill switch engage. I don't know why I changed the name. Um, like a really important move. So when Chris, so when oh. Christian finally hit it, he was able to win. Because mm. throughout all the match, you could see Ezekiel Jackson reversing out of it, then giving Christian a big move. And I think uh, with the way that they then when he hit it, it was like, no, nah, it's over now. One, two, three. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, it was, it was, they actually protected that move, which is mm. weird. Cause like, if you think about like, you know, what status Christian has later on, it's just like, I know. <laughs> I just, just find like anyone so... could probably kick out of a kill switch. <laughs> yeah. I just find it so funny as well though, nowadays if how finishing moves and stuff has just gone crazy. Like the Canadian destroyer is now literally just a move. <laughs> the super kick is now a move. DDT is now a move and it's like but these are the moves that used to win a match just like that and I'm like how yeah it's it's crazy how like s- stuff like that like just and it's weird as well like because like region to region like different moves are protected like if you look mm. at like lariats in Japan like that's that's a that's a finishing move like you, you lariat mm. someone they're done 
but Okada can have a tombstone pile driver and it's just a signature move that everyone always kicks out of. <laughs> uh, crazy. But the funny thing, when uh, on PWG they had a match which was the Elite, which at the time would have been Adam Cole and the Young Bucks against mm. Osprey, Ricochet and Matt, Matt Seidel. And yeah, yeah. the announcers, I think one of them was Excalibur and someone else, when they were counting the amount of super kicks they were in the match, it was like, no, don't, I know this is funny, but don't do that. You're taking away the importance of a super kick. But if you get a chance to watch that match, I highly recommend that match. It is amazing. <laughs> Even if it does ruin super kicks. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it's like 22, 24. And it's like when they do two at the same time, it's like, it's like why? It's so funny, though, but I, I love it. <laughs> And then backstage, we had Teddy Long and Tiffany. I was like, oh, my God. I love Teddy Long as the GM of SmackDown. We're going to be, it's going to be a um, tag team match player. Or you're going to go one-on-one with The Undertaker. <laughs> yeah, no, Teddy's a, Teddy's a weird presence. <laughs> like, I don't hate him. It's just like, he's just so weirdly one note. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. But he's one note, which is just brilliant. He's like, yeah. And Tiffany as well. I I, I remember her more in, in TNA as Taryn Terrell. Was she honestly, honestly didn't know who it was. At first, I thought it was Kelly Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> like, genuinely didn't know who it was. <laughs> Funny. And then you had Crime Time come in saying they wanted um create Kali spot. And then Kali comes in saying, like, yeah, if you do this for a kiss with Tiffany... And then Holly's manager, Handler person, came in. Yeah, I've forgotten about that guy. I I don't remember that guy or who he is. (laughs) And then they were saying they're watching Family Matters. And then you had the great Carly go, did I do that? And I'm like, this is like 20 years too late, guys. It was a really weird, weird segment. Yeah. and, And yeah, it's just, oh, it's just. Like, I was just like, oh, wow, I, f- I forgot how, like, weird and cringy the promos of this era was. Because this is, like, right in the slap middle of, like, the celebrity, like, guest show, like, stuff that Raw did a lot of the time. And, yeah. Oh, that era, man, it was rough. <laughs> I know, man, I know. There, there, there were a few good shows with the Muppets and Bob Barker and a few other ones like that. But most of them, they were just so bad. I mean, Shatner yeah. was pretty good when he did his karaoke that was really funny but otherwise than that no why yeah i'm 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 happy leaving that era in the background <laughs> same here and then we had the miz come in yeah and of course uh, teddy long being mr teddy long is just like hey you got a match go yeah, and now it's next bye cool this is this is this match is gonna have lots of build up and stakes isn't it oh yeah Ooh. <laughs> But it's going to be really good. Who is it? And then we had another shot backstage of Randy Orton speaking of Cody Rhodes. Is Legacy going to break up? Oh, no. What? They, they'd never do that. They're, they're such great, lovely friends and they'd never break up. They're, they're going to be friends forever. Isn't it amazing, though, just how far like Cody Rhodes has gone on to and just how much more bigger he is now? It is cute seeing Babby Cody Rhodes. I must it is, isn't it? He looks so different. I know it's still the same guy, but he looks so... He looks too... Not scrawny isn't the right word, but you can just see just how much more, like, definition he's put onto himself as well. Yeah, no. And you, you, can, you can see as well, he's got this weird thing where he's not got this, like, huge ugly tattoo on his neck. Like, yeah. 
that's weird. I I hate. I don't, I don't like that tattoo. I understand he wants to get it. It's his own property and stuff. But it's just like no. That's just really weird. I, I think it would look okay if it was like part of like like a like sleeve almost and like blended into his shoulder a bit more but it's just yeah. like there and it's just like your eyes are just drawn into it and it's just like oh, why yeah <laughs> why are you taking away from your face you have a pretty good face cody don't just he does yes <laughs> oh man yeah um... no that was it, it was a bit of a nothing promo but like oh my god as, are they gonna? Is the tag team gonna break up at the Royal Rumble? <laughs> uh, oh god, the legacy! <laughs> oh, I remember. Oh man, there, yeah, there, that, there, there was another faction that I think they could have done more with, with that if they actually carried on. To be honest, maybe. I mean, uh, the, the the problem is, is they were kind of just an evolution shadow, and they were never going to be as interesting as evolution. Nah, to be honest, I don't think anything would be as impressive as evolution because with evolution it kind of started off as like in a sense in the shadow of the four horsemen but they're able to evolve it in such a way that Derek wasn't like that as well mm. i mean it was a mystery and it was full of change that no one sees indeed mm. oh man can you believe it as well <laughs> let me so sad isn't it can't believe how many it must be like five years ago wasn't it that you said he oh, passed gosh. away yeah it was a while it was wasn't it yeah for yeah. sure yeah um then going on to the u.s championship between MVP and The Miz. Yeah, this, um, it was a match. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a I match. I mean, uh, <laughs> MVP did show some good babyface fire throughout the match. He had some good strikes and some good moves against The Miz. Like, he had a great clothesline. Um, he also had a really good side suplex. He also had his amazing kicks that he did as well were beautiful. And balling as well. But I, I do think MVP suits so much more better as a heel. Like, his stuff he's doing at the moment on Raw as part of the Hurt Business is fantastic. Yeah, from what I, like, I, I, I dropped off a bit on the watching wrestling, but I have seen a few clips of, like, this Hurt Business faction. I'm like, this is actually pretty interesting. <laughs> this is actually a pretty cool direction. And even though it probably started as one of the classic Vince McMahon Ah, uh, you know what? Let's just put all the black people together into a faction and see if it works out. Um, it has actually kind of worked out. Just like you know, the New Day made something out of just mm. weird gimmick of just chuck black people in and church, I guess, together. Like this is just like chuck black people and like vague affluence and gangster mentality, and they've actually turned it into something pretty interesting. <laughs> Yeah, definitely, man. The only person I really want to put in the faction as well is Ricochet, because he is used so badly, man. He he, he could be someone who's like as uh, big as a babyface as Rey Mysterio was, but I think if they put him in with the Hurt Business, I think that will help him to then make Vince realise actually this guy's really good. Are you telling me that Vince McMahon has got an incredibly talented person on their hands and they don't know how to utilise them very well? I find that very hard to believe. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still not about Rusev, god damn it. I was like, why he had he was so over at one point. Why did you not utilize him, you fucking idiot? <laughs> oh man. We we should do this one day. We really should just go on just a rant about just Vincent Man's bad but also great decisions he's made. And it's like why? I mean I think the fact that we're going on this rant is telling of uh, how interesting this match was. Yes. <laughs> it was it was a bit of a just it it felt like a thrown together match. Um, it had like zero stakes and zero like emotion really. Um, 
Like, yeah, and Miz yeah. wins with a roll-up. Yep, and then the Miz talks uh, MVP, and then MVP heats him with his playmaking. It's like... Yeah, it's just, oh, okay, so just classic 50-50 booking. I, I win with cheaty tactics, and you get your heat back. Cool. Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, cheers that Vince. <laughs> that I mean, was a match. I know. That's one of the things I like about AEW, though, is the fact that they make the wins and losses matter, and they have, like, the um 2020 tally so mm. uh, whatever they do it's like oh so this person has 10 or 2 wins and then it goes through the rankings and stuff so because i yeah. think for me, i think wins and losses should matter in wrestling because you want to build up and you want to make new stars and have new challenges and stuff so you want to yeah and, what, and it, and it makes like, even and it makes even nothing matches like this have at least some kind of stakes yeah. even if it is just a point on a scoreboard that's still more than whatever either of these two really get out of this at the end other than getting a paycheck <laughs> yeah, uh, we forgot to mention in the uh promo thing before the match happened the Miz was making it sound like he cared more about the Royal Rumble than he does about his championship yeah like, which of course people aren't is... going to care because it's like well I'm saying the Royal Rumble is important you'll go to WrestleMania but you're still a champion though it speaks for how important the US championship was at this time which is to say not yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who was the IC champion at the time? I don't think the IC champ the IC championship wasn't on the show in, at all. Oh gosh, who was the IC champion at this time? Um, I feel like it was like it was it someone like Dolph or someone that just like appeared in the Rumble and then just didn't have the belt on them. Like possibly, yeah, yeah. No, again, that, that hey, the IC championship is even so important that we didn't even see it once on the show and we can't even tell you who it was. That's how that championship is. <laughs> crazy man and then what we and then we had a promo package between uh a promo backstage sorry between jericho and show jericho jericho yeah man i remember their mashup theme being actually kind of okay <laughs> yeah and then you and then i think later on or was it before this you had jeremy miz show or something weird and what? that was even that was like oh yeah well they did mention it like miz show are like like our inactive tag team and that they did actually win the championship but i think yeah dx are the current tag team championships at this point but again showing how important tag team wrestling is at this point um didn't you had to pay attention to find out who the tag champs yep. were because they weren't defended <laughs> like, and also as well it was at the time when they um unified the championships too mm. so it wasn't the two titles on the shows like they are now yeah. no i remember that image of Jericho and Big Show standing there with like all four belts <laughs> and it just yeah. looking really silly. <laughs> I know. Because I'm, I'm, I'm sure the Miz and the Big Show wrestled at WrestleMania in the first match against, I think, MVP and the Mark Henry when they were a tag team together. Oh, yeah. Because that's when Mark Henry started wearing, having like WSM on his back and the MVP yes. stuff. And he just kind of stuck with that. Like, yeah. And then yeah, uh, Mark Henry had that, that amazing year of just destroying everyone and then actually was used properly. Hall of Pain. That, yeah. that, that, that was a big highlight. I remember that well. And he had that amazing... Do you remember that amazing promo he did in the salmon jacket as well, saying he was going to retire and then didn't? I was mm -hmm. like, that's brilliant, man. Again, speaking of how compelling this promo was, um, <laughs> we, we're yes. not talking about it at all. <laughs> yeah, uh, you had R-True <laughs> come in and say yep. some stuff. And then he had Randy Orton and Ted backstage. Yeah. Are Legacy going to break Legacy. up? Are they? Who knows? 
oh, I'm so sick of the tag team dynamic of, oh, they're going to break up, maybe. Yeah, I know. That's one of the things that I'm sad what they've done with the New Day, but actually I'm glad they haven't done that rift thing. They're still, like, in a sense, together. But they were the only ones who never had that whole, are they going to break up, you know, kind of thing, as they do all the time nowadays. It's like, whose side are they on? Yeah. Yeah, again, speaking of how compelling the promo was, um, <laughs> you're not even talking about it, really. It, it was a thing that happened. It was a massive thing that happened. I was like, why? It, it's it's some kind of foreshadowing for the coming match, but yeah. Mm-hmm. And then talking about that coming match, we have for the WWE Championship between Sheamus versus Randy Orton. Yeah. And, oh, man, I forgot how slow Orton walks. Oh, me too. Oh, this is peak slow autumn. The whole his whole song almost plays. It nearly ends. Oh, <laughs> it's just like a solid three minutes of him walking. I know. And this was this at the time when the fans were cheering for Randy Orton because you could hear quite a few number of times the fans cheering when they were doing the whole yay boo thing. You could you could hear the ch- uh, the fans chanting for him as well. And I'm like. Yeah. Why? Because <laughs> he's one of those. He's one of those things about Randy Orton. He's one of those wrestlers who, when he's given a really good match and actually wants to put on a good match, he can have a really good match. But then other times, it's like. See, yeah, I I remember emotions. I remember back when I was watching this this era of wrestling, really not liking Randy Orton at all because I just thought he was boring, and I realize now in hindsight. No, the reason I didn't like Randy Orton wasn't because he was boring. It's because he was bored. Because a Randy Orton that doesn't care about what he's doing is the most boring wrestler in the world. But he's still really competent. Mm -hmm. A Randy Orton that actually cares about what he's doing, suddenly really interesting and great. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because he he, he had that amazing feud with Christian that the matches were brilliant. Like his match, I think it was Over the Limit. The one before Money in the Bank, uh, that, yeah. match, that match was fantastic. Oh, and like the match, like the match he had with Kofi around this time as well. Like I remember that being really good. Like yeah, no, like when Randy Orton cares, he can produce some really good matches. When Randy Orton doesn't care, he walks down the ramp solidly for like four minutes and then gets into the ring and stares at Sheamus for like another minute. And you've lost me. <laughs> the rest yeah. of this match could have been amazing, and I honestly had tuned out. I was just like, uh, I even kind of like Sheamus. Like, I think Sheamus is like pretty solid. Like, mm. he's he is he is big, dumb, pale Irish man that hits people real hard, and he's real good at being that. <laughs> yep, and it's interesting to see he's kind of evolved and, and become a bit like a Mickey from Snatch character now. Have you seen it? He's like trying to wear like more sort of Mickey when he's like uh, out and about backstage. He's kind of like wearing like the uh, vest and the jeans and stuff. He looks proper like Mick, Mickey from um, Snatch. It's brilliant. But okay. did you? Uh, one of the things I liked about this, uh, I liked about this as well, was the other world title matches. They had that big championship feel mm. that they had in this corner with this person, in this corner with yeah. that person. And I really like the fact they started to bring that in. Yeah, no, that that does. It is always nice when they actually put some importance on those like championships to actually make them feel relevant and proper. Mm. Um, like, because they're, 
is a you don't get that with the US and IC belts. <laughs> no, not in the slightest which is I know. Oh bloody hell. I mean yeah, yeah. Uh, Sheamus with a Euro, European uppercut with the big clubbing blows. Sheamus slams Orton's arm into the steel steps. Sheamus goes after Orton's arm, so that's quite good. Sh- having that in-ring psychology of him wearing down his opponent. Same with Orton swinging Sheamus's legs into the ring post and other moves to his leg and uh, aiming for the leg. Yeah, as then, as, yeah. as was the style at the time, all offense has to be located on exactly one body part on your opponent because that way, once you get it to red, you can do a finisher on them and you'll definitely get the free count when you uh, play the video games. Indeed, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I love I love the video games for that. It was it was brilliant. I I always just aim for the head continuously. I I remember on Here Comes the Pain playing as Goldberg, and he would do a move <laughs> where on the ground you literally just press up and circle. I think it was, and it literally just do like the um, knee ram into the head. It's like literally mm. do that about fifty times. It's like he's on red spear jackhammer one two three and you win. So um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you got you got to play the system, Ben. You got to play the system. <laughs> Yeah, and this this felt like a, a, about as compelling storyline race as a video game match for me. I was just like, I know. yeah, cool. He's he's hitting the legs. He's the the other guy's hitting the legs too. It's like, yeah, cool. And and the funny thing about this match as well, you can tell this match doesn't have a proper storyline because there was no promo package. It was just this week on mm-hmm. Raw, this week on Raw. And I'm like, but this is for the WWE Championship. You could at least made a two minute promo package. What are you talking about, Mark? We had two promos leading up to this where Legacy might do a thing. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and lo and behold, uh, they did a thing. Yeah. yeah. Kind of. Uh... Cody comes out and smashes Seamus. So then Orton hits the RKO. Think he's going to win. It's like, nope. There's no ring of the bell. There's no instant to be like, DQ. You have to build it up and then. Sheamus was won by disqualification. Yeah. Um, like, uh, why? It was such a messy naff finish. <laughs> it was so it was so bad. The thing that annoyed me about it though, it's like I've seen worse things happen in a match, and you don't just DQ for that. Why is it just one club? Why not just send them out? Why not send them to the back like you, like you did with William Re- William Regal? Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's it's. Yeah, it's just like, oh, okay, I guess the match is over. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> this this was really fun to watch, you guys. I'm glad you did the wrestling. Uh... <laughs> Hello. Oh, uh, Ben, the next match, mate. I forgot about this match. I forgot about this angle. Oh, oh my god, god. They, I... can't get, they would not get away with this nowadays. Oh they would my god. Shit on Twitter, especially. Oh my god! Like so, I uh, I assume I remember none of like like uh, so far like I remember none of these matches <laughs> like from back watching it actually in 2010. Um, and that's probably because I was probably just bored and like on my phone talking to my friend and like occasionally looking up and seeing a wrestling move and going oh. Um, wow, I don't remember this, and I'm so glad I didn't, because this next segment is awful. Oh, it is, it is hugely awful. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> and it's like, it's wrong on so many different levels. It's, it's so... like, it's so bad. It's... Like, you have the storyline aspect being shit, but also as well, the psychological shit. Like, if you've got, like, a girl who looks up to mickey james and she's being told she's fat and she's gonna think or even a woman being like she's not even 
Oh, she's slightly overweight. <laughs> she's, she's in like really weird. good physical condition. Yes, <laughs> it's amazing. But then it's <laughs> and, and this whole storyline revolves around them calling her a pig and overweight and fat and. Oh my god, every second of it is offensive, cringy, hand rubbish all at once. It's yep. it's an incredible cocktail of terrible. And on top of that, you have the fact that this was probably all written by men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, because... Uh, uh, what kind of things do women talk about? Oh, they, they call each other fat, don't they? Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, look, do uh, it, man. Uh, that's yeah. the kind of stuff that would make women fight each other. And then when you do actually get to the match, because I'm not even going to bother talking about all of the awful, cringy, rubbish promo stuff that happened because it's not worth anyone's time. No, not at all. The match was like five seconds. Yeah. It was like a it was a weird squash match. So it's it's kind of like, do you feel happy for Mickey because she completely destroyed M- Michelle McCall? Do you feel annoyed for her because you wanted her to do more to Michelle McCall? There was nothing because of how horrible they were. There's, to, there's, there was there was basically no catharsis unless you call shoving a cake in these people's faces. One of them being in a fat suit, and it was just gratuitous and weird. They held on the two of them freaking out that they were covered in cake for so long yes it was so weird i hated every second of it i did as well <laughs> i did as well i had to write notes because obviously we're talking about it i was like nope i can't do this match i thought it was just so bad but the w- one good thing nowadays though is at least we touch words we're never going to have any of this stuff again but then at the same time you had that ridiculous cuck angle with bobby lashley lana and russo oh, but that's different, but at least with the women wrestling now, at least the proper storylines and stuff. Like the stuff between Sasha and Bailey's been great. Asuka's is is awesome as well, and it's you know it's good that we're fine never having this hopefully ever again. It was, I, it was just shit. So, so I, I think uh, like <laughs> Ben in the past, uh, I'm reading my notes and like my notes is just like thank God the match has started so I can stop watching these horrible promos, and then the, immediately the next ma- <laughs> note is, oh, it's over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's pretty much the entire experience of this. <laughs> I know. And then didn't they have a tables match? Uh, didn't she have a tables match against them or something? Or was that someone else? I don't know. I, I, I honestly forgot this existed. Um, and I'm glad that a part of my brain either ignored it to the extent that it never even registered or just repressed it so i never even recall it obviously be bad mate i'm surprised you stayed on as long as you have like if, if i if it was my first show i watched it i'll probably turn it off but i've not ever watched this shit again well luckily this is the turning point of the pay-per-view because oh. after because after this it actually gets good yes <laughs> and talking of, of good, we have the World Heavyweight Championship match between The Undertaker versus Rey Mysterio. Oh. Uh, when you started watching wrestling, uh, was The Undertaker the American badass or was he the ministry guy? So I do I, I do remember both instances um, because I, I remember playing like the older like PlayStation 1 Smackdown games. 
mm-hmm. um, where he was firmly Limp Bizkit full on. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Bryden. <laughs> um, and then, like, playing, like, SmackDown versus Raw 2000s, like, that's when he's, like, proper Undertaker. Like, so I, I, I was initially aware of Undertaker as that weird Limp Bizkit motorcycle guy. Um, <laughs> and yeah. now I'm aware of him as oh no he's actually really amazing <laughs> yes because I thought that they had the same thing as well their really big championship feel the way that they were putting over mm. Rey Mysterio as the ultimate underdog as well as Taker as this behemoth of like this undead man who's like superhuman and stuff I just thought the way the commentary was building up these two which is great yeah I, I and... felt this match had more of a bigger feel than the actual WWE Championship match did. And, oh, man. The, like, even just, like, talking about, like, just the initial opening, like, the contrast between horrible, rubbish, misogynistically written women's wrestling into The Undertaker's entrance and that gong hitting, like, that is just, like, night and day. Yeah. It's just... I, this is this has suddenly become really amazing and interesting and atmospheric. Mm. <laughs> did, and, you, and, did you notice? Did you uh, notice the amazing bit when Mysterio was obviously doing the thing that he does when he I can't think I can't think of what it's called, but when he was like kissing his cross and he was about to take it off and you can yeah. hear the dong going, he leaves it on because he knows who he's wrestling against. I love that sort of yeah. like nuance and, to put up Taker over even more as well as and, his absolute legends. And then, like, right after the entrance, he, like, starts, like, smacking his head. He's, he's like, he's literally, like, knocking the cobwebs out of his head to, like, yes. get himself out of the, like, intimidation. It's like, ah! Oh. Little notes like that. It's just, like, you just appreciate, oh, damn, Ray, Ray is a really good wrestler. He's, is, not, he? he's not just that small, flippy guy. Like, he really gets it. Mm. And obviously it goes without saying that The Undertaker is one of the best has ever been. And yeah, it's just like, oh, oh this is suddenly a real wrestling show. Oh, <laughs> I, I mean, um, we're going to talk about the match again in a minute. But did you watch the documentary? Because I saw the documentary. I think it's one of the best pieces that WWE have ever done. I haven't seen it yet, actually. I mean, you, you should watch it. It's really, really good. Yeah, no, I'm, I'll have to give it a shot if you recommend on that. Like, yeah, yeah. it is fantastic. There's six episodes, but they are like all because it starts from WrestleMania 33 all the way to like now, and mm. it's it's because it tells you all the backstage and how he feels and how he wants to put on a better match because to him, if he feels like he's got put on a good match and he wants to come back and actually go, actually no, I want the fans to remember me for being really really good. Mm. rather than him just being like i'm just a shell my former self again so yeah if you get a chance to watch it, it's really good that and it's a completely different thing a uh, different thing but the last dance the chicago bulls documentary that's a really good one as well on netflix too mm, i've heard good things about that one actually yeah no i need to get around to that but yeah no good documentaries out at the moment <laughs> there aren't they man? it was crazy amount of good documentaries i love it it's brilliant i mean wwe do some amazing good documentaries. The one about Edge was supposed is is really good. The one that came out this year when he came back. Mm. Uh, and there's been just so many more as well. Like their three six fives, their twenty fours, all the stuff they do is really good. Because there's a really good untold documentary about the Sasha Banks versus Bailey match as well, which I recommend that too. Okay. So, yeah, really good stuff. Now going back to the match, uh, one of the really good things I like, I, like, I like about this match is right at the beginning you could see Rey Mysterio going after Taker's legs mm. because he wants to 
you know, bring him down to his size and to wear him out as well. I thought that was some really good storytelling there. For, for once, the targeting a body part really does make a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. But I thought the craziest thing is, like, when you see Ray trying to use his quickness and you see Taker just grab hold of him and just throw him to the outside, I just thought just that was insane. Shuts him out. Just, nah, nah, you got, you're gone. And it's just, like, it's this great moment of you'll just, like, like the initial flurry, you're just like, oh, wow, Ray's, like, actually taking it to him. And then Undertaker just reminds Ray and everyone in the audience, no, I'm twice your size. Yes. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. I really like the. I really liked it as well because they were saying when Taker was going for his um on the apron leg drop that Rey Mysterio blocked uh like reversed it and then Undertaker realised he would do it again and then he then gave him a chop and then he did it again. I like that sort of storytelling. Mm. It tells you Taker's able to after wrestling him before know what he's going to do and use that in ring smarts and that veteranness that he has. Yeah, and. I think I uh, like I think it was like Michael Cole pointed out like that they had like matches in the past and like that he'd fallen for that in the past and it's just like an adjustment and it's like oh little stuff like that's really smart. Mm. Also as well, there was a really cool moment when um, Rey Mysterio put Taker on the on the dime on the on Brett's rope and then you can see him trying to do the six one nine but Taker grabs hold of him to put him into the tombstone mm. but. He couldn't do it because Rey Mysterio was like kicking him in the in the head. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was such a great and innovative way to get out the tombstone. Mm. Yeah, no. And then it was it was it at this point that Taker decided to bleed, or was that a bit further on? <laughs> I I I I don't know if he decided to. I think he might have actually gotten knocked out the knocked in the hard way because it looks a bit too free flowing and a bit too red to be like a blood packet. And it's definitely yeah. not blading. You don't blade on the nose. <laughs> well, one of the things I like I loved about the commentary is like when they was bleeding, they were like making it sound no, it's not it's blue because of the oxygen and it, it's like they're saying all this stuff to make him sound so cool. And I just I really enjoy this commentary. And it's like it's amazing just how good this this commentary. I think that's what Max Stryker did for the match this day. It was very serious and he just added so much to the match and I was like hearing what he was saying is like actually that makes a lot of sense rather than just mm. turning it off I find with nowadays commentary a lot of the time yeah no I I, I, I do like uh, I, I I find strikers like he, he, he's occasionally a bit too meme for my tastes like a bit too referency um, but like uh, when he's actually like using his knowledge and being the clearly big fan of wrestling that he is and like pulling out all this knowledge like that's when he's at his real best and it kind of reminded me of a uh, Mauro Ronaldo in that way where it's just like you can clearly tell that this person really does love wrestling mm. and is using that big back catalog of knowledge to help tell stories like that's what a good commentator should do and most of the time Stryker's is really good at doing that <laughs> Yeah, he isn't he? Very, he's very good at doing that. I think he's brilliant on this show uh, for a lot of what he says. Mm. Um, also, as well, the uh, three amazing big boots that Taker does to Ray as well. It's like just showing that pr- brutality because I think yeah. the blood happened. You can just see Taker just switch. Mm. It's like sides are getting more aggressive. Mm. Um, oh, I loved a bit as well when Ray Mysterio was going for that big splash from the top right, but then Taker 
Um, big boot him in the face. I thought that was brilliant. Oh, yeah, the, so the, good. The, the springboard splash and Taker just catches him with the big boot and it's just like, oh, that looks like it hurts. But, <laughs> but it would look, also look quite safe like because like, mm. Taker's just like, here's my boot. You can knock yourself off of it. <laughs> yep. And like, then you're... Yeah. I loved as well where um, Undertaker slamming Ray into the barricade from the outside and then Undertaker goes after Ray's arm and he slams his ribs into the ring ropes. I thought that was really cool stuff. Mm. Just showing, the, as you said earlier, like the proper in-ring psychology wearing down mm. their opponent stuff is really, really good. Yeah. Um, stuff. I, I like it when the targeting body stuff makes sense for the storyline. I don't like it when that's just the storyline for the sake of we're doing psychology. <laughs> like, no, you're not doing psychology. You're just hitting the guy in the legs a lot. <laughs> Like, in this instance, it's actually psychology, because he's really big, and he's really small, so the best way for him to help in this case is to knock him on a knee. <laughs> like, yep. That makes sense. Definitely, man. Rey Mysterio hits Undertaker with the um, drop kick and the top right leg drop. Um, then Taker hits Rey Mysterio with absolutely beaut- a beautiful and brutal clothesline. And then if you notice, Rey Mysterio hits the um, 619 twice, but then mm. Taker's able to uh, reverse it into a um, last ride and then wins the match. Yeah, I, I, I thought the way the match ended was really good because it emphasised the impact of the last ride because the height that um, Undertaker got Rey Mysterio oh. as well was insane. Yeah, no, he's just like, uh, you know, you're, you're light as a feather compared to most guys I do this to, so I can really put you up there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, oh, this 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 match was such a breath of fresh air that I desperately needed. Like it was it was just a really damn solid match. Like it it it's especially weird because we kind of had this match a bit already, uh, with Christian versus Ezekiel in the whole smaller guy versus the big guy dynamic, but it's so much more obvious that these two are just so much more compatible and so much more skilled at telling that story and just being able to show like no this guy is so much quicker and so much smaller and this guy is so much bigger and so much more imposing and strong like oh it was wonderful i I enjoyed pretty much every second of it Um, i did as well man i loved this match i thought this match for me was um one of or if not the best match on the entire card Oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I go that far. I think I think the Rumble's a little better, but it's definitely the best singles match on the card, easily. <laughs> there is there is no contest no, between no any of the other matches. No, so no contest far. in the slightest. <laughs> but, and then next we have Kane and my um Shawn Michaels backstage, building oh. up Michaels wanting to wrestle Taker again at WrestleMania, and yeah. then emphasizing at the time that. Kane's the only wrestler to wrestle Taker twice at WrestleMania too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this is I, I, this is also the only promo that I actually found interesting in the whole night because this is actually you know building up a story and giving stakes and giving motivations and just like Sean is like, yeah, but I really want to fight Taker again, and Kane's like, dude, your obsession's crazy. You need to chill. Yes, which is funny <laughs> coming from Kane. I, I love Kane. I, I I love Kane. I think Kane is so underrated. Yeah, and then Trips comes in and it's like, yeah. sure, like I know you're gonna do it, but like you don't have to do it at the Rumble. So you know I'm totally gonna win and just kill you. 
And then Sean's like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I'm going to win the Rumble. I'm going to beat Taker. And everything's going to be good. Mm. <laughs> Don't make me lose my smile again. <laughs> do oh, it. God, be sad. I remember that. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, and then we had next was the great promo package uh, built, putting over the Royal Rumble with all the facts and stuff. I really like these. The saying that how many wrestlers have been in it, the winners, the Hall of Famers. I think this is brilliant. The numbers don't lie. All of that rubbish number stuff. Number one, number 30, number 28. Kane eliminated a bunch of people. Steve Austin was cool. Stuff <laughs> like that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's... It, I've seen it a million times since, but the first time I saw it, I'm like, oh, okay, this is all quite interesting stuff. Hmm. But nowadays, I'm just like, yeah, no, tell me about Santino getting eliminated in one second again, and yeah. how, oh, uh, yeah, no, two people have won from number one, but we're only going to mention one of them for obvious reasons. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then they weren't going to mention someone else who won one of the Royal Rumbles for obvious reasons, but now yeah. he's in their good graces again, so... Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's classic, and it's not just a boring explanation of the rules like they sometimes have, because at this mm-hmm. point, everyone who freaking knows the rules of the Royal Rumble, you don't have to over-explain it every single time. Just no, at one point, not. have one of the commentators say, you go over the top rope two feet on the ground. Yep. You're done. That's mm-hmm. all you need. It's obvious. <laughs> Yeah, definitely, man. It's one of those matches, I think, even if you're not a fan, you know what the Royal Rumble is because it's so iconic and everyone knows what it is as well. So Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's ubiquitous at this point. Like like if if you don't if you don't know it, it's not that complicated and you'll get it short and soon enough when you see, okay, two people oh no, here comes another person. Oh, another person's coming out. Oh, he got thrown out over the top and he landed on the floor and was really angry about it. Ah, oh, I think I understand how this works. People aren't that stupid. We can get it without you having yes, to you can. have Howard Fink stand in the middle of the ring for 20 minutes talking about all of the minutiae. Like, we get it. Yeah, man. Do I it. Miss, I miss <laughs> Howard Finkel. He was so good on the microphone. He was he's, my, he's my favourite all-time ring announcer ever. He's got such a great voice. He does, doesn't he? he has such a great voice. He doesn't need to waste it on explaining the Royal Rumble rules for the 20 millionth time. <laughs> yeah. He could be properly out there like announcing these people. Because that's one of the cool things liked it when he came back at Survivor Series 2011 to announce for Punk that they actually had um, Booker T put it over just like, I came here just so I can be announced by Fink. <laughs> you know, I thought it was really cool. That's and then, cool. yeah, definitely, man. And then we on to our main event, the Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble match. 30 superstars. One winner. The prize? A main event championship opportunity at WrestleMania. 23 winners. A who's who of WWE superstars. Shawn Michaels, it's going to WrestleMania! Oh, this is over! makes this match so special. Let's count the ways. 627. Since 1988, 627 superstars have tried to win the Rumble match, only to be eliminated. 36. WWE Hall of Famer Stone Cold Steve Austin holds the record for eliminating the most competitors. And that's been Royal Rumble 316! 
the record number of victims eliminated by the demented Kane in a single Rumble match. Kane is going crazy here. He's on a rampage now. And entering his 12th consecutive Rumble match. Could the twisted and disturbed monster topple his own terrifying record? 2002 was the last time the Royal Rumble emanated from the Phillips Arena in Atlanta, Georgia. That night, Triple H stood victorious. It's over! The game! The game! Will the King of Kings once again rule over Atlanta in 2010? 62 minutes, 12 seconds. Rey Mysterio endured a fierce competition to make history with the longest appearance in a Rumble match. He did it! No he did it! Rey Mysterio did it! Two seconds. For 20 long years, the Warlord held the record for the shortest time in the Rumble match. That was until last year's Rumble. Oh, what? I think the Warlord's record may have been broken. and Royal Rumble match wins with three grueling victories. This Sunday, numbers mean everything, both the highs and the lows. Number one, a definite disadvantage where time is not on your side, yet a number that has produced the same amount of winners as the coveted number 30 spot. John Cena has won the Royal Rumble in a huge shocker. And remember, to whomever wins the Rumble, over the last 10 years, 70% of the winners have gone on to win the big one at that year's WrestleMania. And that is the most telling number of all. I'm just a step away. I'm just a breath away. Losing my faith today. It's just another war. Just another family tour. Who will make history? I, I will. I am. I am. Who will headline WrestleMania 26? The bit I've been waiting for. Yes. <laughs> the bit I actually really, really remember. Because I do remember the Taker Ray match. What slightly. I've, but... what I've done for the Rumble, Ben, is if you want to take the lead on this one, boss, I've done more of just who's appeared in it and I've got the winner. But mm. I, I can tell you bits I remember, but we can kind of go through that. And then if you've got anything you want to add to it and who impressed you and what sort of thing. Because for me, um, when we get to that certain person, this person completely <laughs> ruled this this match, and I loved I loved every second of it as well. Gosh, I wonder who and Mark so, could be talking I was about. So sad as well when he got eliminated. He's like, why? He was so good. Who could Mark be talking about? I wonder. <laughs> um, so yeah, first off, um, it's Zolf Diggler, um, Babby's little Zolf Diggler, all looking blonde and chirpy, and not at all downtrodden and sad of the business and how he's never gotten this big push yet because he's not gotten his big push yet at all because he's a babby mm -hmm. i like babby dolph he still has hope yeah <laughs> and he also had that as well that i am perfection song as well which is really weird when you see him what he has has now mm. yeah no I, I i i used to like dolph back in this period like it was like yeah I, I i like i like dolph a lot and then 
he just ha- had that whole stop star thing. I was like, I can't be bothered with you anymore. Because I remember when he won the championship in 2013, like me and you were so happy for him. Do you remember? Mm, yeah, I know that was. to see him live as well. It was like, yeah, I've got to see Dolph Ziggler. Ziggly Puff yeah. and all that stuff. It's like, Jesus. Yeah. Well, what you what you remember? Mm. Sorry, what was that? <laughs> oh, just talk, just saying that Ziggly Puff thing. Do you remember when we went to the O2 <laughs> to watch it? And it was like, yeah. It's, just, it's, it's the, the small things you remember, really, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Oh, gosh weird um yes and then number two we have shooting star press man doing shooting star press he does a shooting star press and then gets fired for doing weed one time um yeah <laughs> yeah he's gone he's gone really weird now he's in aw as well uh, matt Sydal or evan Bourne. yeah i saw that one clip of him really messing up oh that was really bad because what they did because on have you have you ever seen being the elite I have seen being your lead before, yeah. Okay, so basically to kind of uh, work around that, they had Michael Nakasawa, who's known for being the oil man. Actually, (laughs) you see with the clip, oil the top turnbuckle, (laughs) worked into matches. Like that's why I love AEW. They can think of the most random things, and it actually works. That is a pretty good way of turning a botch into a story. That's pretty good. (laughs) And then I think they had a match on Dynamite or Dark One or two, but yeah. Yeah, but yeah, no, Zolf and Bourne kind of just do a little bit of wrestling. Bourne gets in a shooting star press because he has to contractually. It's it's written into his contract that he must do one shooting star press every time he appears on anything. Um, At least I assume. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, he uh, he did a shooting star press when I saw him in Rev Pro. I was like, yep. And 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 then uh, number three happens, and we can probably just skip right past that because you probably don't want to talk about what happens after this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, my favorite thing of the whole match. Oh, I love this man so much. This so good on the mic. CM Punk coming out at number three. Um, this was like a big part of like what actually really got me back into wrestling was this match. And specifically what Punk does with this match. Um, Because, yeah, Punk comes out, he, you know, gets in a bit of offense, and then he manages to, it's either, I think he's like, Bourne's running the ropes, and he tricks Bourne into running into Ziggler, and they both go over the top. And then Punk goes for the microphone. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm just like, like, at the time, like, I'm just like, this is breaking all the rules in my head. Like, what do you mean? He's going to do a promo in the middle of the Royal Rumble? This is crazy. What? The next guy's just supposed to come out. He's, he's trying to have time to talk. This is this is crazy. This is amazing. And, and yeah, he just, like, cuts a promo in the middle of the Rumble. And it's great because it's just like, yeah, I beat I, I beat those two other clans. And I've got, like, 20 seconds before the next guy comes in. So I'm just going to chat shit. And it's like this is great. It was so good, man. This is so this is and this is this is right in the era of straight edge society punk, and I love this era. Oh, I he's doing, well, man. This era is brilliant. Man. Oh, he's going full on televangelist. Like, hold out your hands to the screens. I can save you. Yes. And he's grown out his hair even more to look crazy. He's grown out like he's just making sure he looks as greasy and unkempt and wild as possible and it's a great look for him <laughs> and he leans into the gimmick so well and oh it's great and then jtg comes out and punk's also just like 
Like, well, I'm just going to get rid of you. And he gets rid of JTG and, like, n- like with no trouble and yeah. goes for the mic again. And I'm like, yeah. no, this is so good. I remember that. And when he did it, he did, the, which was he's famous for the following year, like sitting down with his legs crossed. Yeah. And it's like, and it's like, oh, he's, oh, man, he's, I love this man. I'm like, I'm this is how that. you win a Royal Rumble. Like, in the video games, this is always the dream run you had of you just go, no, I'm just going to eliminate everyone in the ring, and then I'm just going to beat everyone one by one in, like, 30 seconds. And this is yeah. like, he's doing it. He's doing the thing. It's great. And then Carly's music hits, and you're just like, oh. Like, I remember at the time just being like, oh, this is where the fun ends, isn't it? I've been having great fun. This is really good. And Punk's like, no, don't worry, I can save you. I can do it. Just raise your hands. And Carly chops him right in the noggin. <laughs> and Punk goes down. Um, but it's fine, because that took long enough that the next person comes out, and it's Beth Phoenix. Yes. And also, this blows my tiny little mind, because I'm like, you can't have women in a men's match. The video games, would ne- they were programmed, you could never do that. You'd have to, like, hack the game to do that. This is breaking all the rules. My expectations are shattered. This is great. <laughs> I like Beth Phoenix. Beth Phoenix is one of the few, and I hate the word, divas. Goddamn divas. Um, yes, I gotta got rid of that now. So bad. Um, but yeah, she was one of the few like women's wrestlers around the time where I was like, oh, this lady can actually wrestle. Mm. Um, and she's actually allowed to wrestle sometimes. When you know the, they actually allow the schedule to have some time yeah. for the women, um, and she's really good and crazy strong, and uh, unfortunately, um, because misogynistic WWE at the time, the mm-hmm. way she eliminates Carly is by making out with him. I know I hated that. I thought it was really ridiculously stupid. Like why? And Striker makes a terrible call. And just shouts, never trust a woman. And I'm like, oh, Matt. Oh, why why would you say that? Oh, that's just... Uh. But then something really awesome happens in that she goes and beats up Punk. And it's amazing. Yes. And then Punk is like, being the dirty scumbag he is, is like, fuck you, I'm going to GTS you and chuck you out of the ring. And yep. that's great. Because it's just like, puts Punk over as a scumbag that's happy to do his finishing move on a woman. <laughs> and like, a woman that's also just like, badass enough to just be like, no, fuck you, I'm going to beat up all of these fuckers because I'm stronger than most of them. <laughs> She's like, Beth Phoenix probably has more muscle mass than Carly. Because yeah. Carly is just height and bones. Um, and, oh God, every time I see Carly walk, it's just sad. It just like, really oh. is. I was like, oh, you can't move. Like, you're just, oh. I'm glad, I'm glad you're making a career out of it, but I just feel bad for you more than scared. Like, I mean, you could probably murder me easily, but, oh. <laughs> but yeah, um, that that brief moment of Beth versus CM Punk, I'm like, I would actually happily watch a CM Punk versus Beth Phoenix match. Like, I would have totally taken that at the time. Hell, I'd take that now. Like, <laughs> yeah, me too, man. Yeah, me too. Because I've been done a few matches since, which is awesome to see her back again. Mm. And then, yeah, uh, so luckily the fun doesn't stop because Punk's still in and he's still got a mic. Um, and then 
Babby Zack Ryder comes out. Full on, like, not even, like, I don't even think he started up a true Long Island story yet. Like, real. No, he was still, in a sense, coming off that edgehead, wasn't he, as well at the time? Oh, yeah, I forgot yeah. about the edgeheads. <laughs> yeah, the edgeheads. It's like, oh, God. But yeah, little Babby Zack and Punk's just like, ah, oh, now you have promise. Now you, like, we can really do something. And then just bops him over the head of the mic. <laughs> And it's just like, oh, again, you're just, you're just blowing on my expectations here. You're not allowed to use weapons in the rumble. I mean, I guess it's no DQ. Why doesn't everyone just grab a chair? <laughs> whoa, whoa. They did do that back in the 2001 rumble. That's when it was like the hardcore rumble when they had everyone grab chairs and use weapons. I was like, oh, that's great. They're adding more to it now. <laughs> but yeah, when you think about it logically, you're just like, why doesn't everyone just come to the room with a chair if it's legal? <laughs> like, if I can bring a weapon, if I can... Get fucking Stephen Blackman in here and with kendo sticks and stuff. Oh, Steve Blackman. I love <laughs> Steve Blackman. He was so good. I always like remember like playing a Steve Blackman in a video game sometimes and just being like, this guy's weird and he's always got a weapon, but he never brings it into the ring with him because it's an ODQ match. Why can't I just have the weapon? Let me have the kendo stick and just lose the match instantly to DQ. That would be fun. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great, wouldn't it? And then the fun properly comes to an end because... Here comes Lemmy. It's time to play the game. Here comes Triple H. Oh, the actual fun times have stopped. No more eliminating someone in 30 seconds and getting to do promos because Triple H has come round and he is not putting you over. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and yeah, it's at this point that the Rumble enters a bit of a lull. <laughs> like, because Punk sure is did. just... because. Punk's fun interlude is over, and now we have, uh, oh, so, so we have uh, Triple H, and then, oh, it's little baby Drew McIntyre. Oh, that's crazy seeing <laughs> what he's done now. I know! It's crazy. Future, like, mega champ Drew McIntyre, yeah, now, man. like, just looking all baby-faced, because, oh, he always looks so, he looks absolutely wrong without a beard. He looks, I always thought he looked so daft, like with his long floppy hair and his mopey little face and his little chin. Yes. Um, but when, but now he's got a, a glorious beard, glorious locks. Uh, he is jacked as all hell. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, it's night and day. Like you could put them next to each other and not know they were the same person. Yeah, I know, it's mad, isn't it, just how much he's evolved. And I yeah. think leaving as well helped him a lot too. So much. he was able to hone and become better and stuff. Because he, he had a really good feud against Grado in ICW. He was the TNA champion for a while, and he did, he did a lot of stuff. It, he's a completely different person. It's crazy. Um, because this Drew McIntyre is boring, bland, and uninteresting. And the most interesting thing about him is he's Scottish. And that's yeah. about it. Um yeah, uh, then Ted DiBiase comes out. Oh my god, I wonder if Legacy will split up. Um, and then John Morrison comes out with no slow-mo. Like, like, I've literally written uh, entrant number 11, Jomo, no slow-mo. And I, so, man. So, so, he's, so he's someone else who I feel like they should utilise better in WWE because yeah. he, he did really well outside, did really well in Impact, he did really well in Ring of Honor for a bit when he wrestled oh. there. He's done really well with all the places he's wrestled. He's been really talented, always looked amazing, but 
he's he's short i guess that's yeah <laughs> so vince is like no um but yeah i was i was also really disappointed because i was like expecting like because what i know now i was like oh wait no this is a little bit before john morrison or kofi do the crazy rumble shenanigans they do like yep. there's none of that in this and i was just like oh, i was waiting for it the whole time he was there but now i'm just like oh yeah i guess this is a bit before they thought of all that crazy fun stuff they could do and now you um, see that Casey Lim, Lim Gonzalo do it in the women's oh, one. She's amazing. She's, isn't she? like, she's really good. She does some crazy stuff. And yeah, like she was made for the women's rumble. She was made for it. Like that is her jam. Like, oh. Oh, no, man. I love that bit when she was outside on the side of the um, ring post. You see like slide up. And... It's not really that big a game changer in this one. Kane's not like nope. the huge presence he used to be. Um, Babby Cody comes out. Will Legacy team up? Yes, they do. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> There's no drama. You'd think that they were having all this like legacy drama that but no, because the legacy drama's all Ted plus Cody against Randy. That means that there's really no drama for them in the rumble and this just kinda happens. Yeah. Uh, uh and then oh my god, MVP comes out, but then Miz kills him. <laughs> Baps him on the back of the head and I'm like, oh look, storyline. Yeah, this should have probably happened before they had a match. <laughs> that would have been, that would have made a match actually interesting. Um, so yeah, that happens. Um, Matt Hardy comes out. Wonderful. Oh no, he's already out. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Matt Hardy again. Someone I literally ba- ba- barely knew about, barely cared about at this time, but now, oh Matt Hardy, love yeah, the man. man. Oh, what he has done with himself is insanity, quite literally insanity, and it is yeah. wonderful. <laughs> Did you ever get a chance to watch the final deletion? Because that is amazing. I, I I didn't watch a lick of modern TNA, but I heard about the the final deletion and every single other like filmed match he has done since then. I have watched and I've loved every yeah, man, idiotic yeah, second of them. They're yes. immaculate. I love they them. They are so good, aren't they, man? They're ridiculous. <laughs> I'm. I have gone from not caring at all about Matt Hardy to caring super hard about Matt Hardy. So it's crazy seeing him back in this form of. Oh yeah, it's that guy that's Jeff's brother, and I don't really care. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't. I don't even really like Jeff Hardy. Never really have done. Um, no, but... Jeff Hardy's all right. I just feel like for me, I agree with you. He's very much. Um, just all the uh, when I was a kid, I used to like him because he was oh Jeff Hardy's going to do the amazing Wiley Coyote stuff and jump <laughs> off like things and do this crazy yeah. shit. Now I'm like, I've seen it, I've seen it loads, mate. You're not overly that charismatic. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. Um, and then actual important stuff come, happens because Shawn Michaels comes out, and we're at 19, and suddenly things are like oh wow, stuff's actually happening again. This is interesting. <laughs> We we had that classic Royal Rumble entrance ten through twenty is a bit eh. Yep. <laughs> the awkward middle stage of a rumble. Do you remember when it went up to forty? I know they had the Grateful Rumble <coughs> around that time, but do you remember the next year they did the forty and I was like Yeah, the one why? That, the one that Del Rio won. Yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, you're just extending the because yeah, all all it did was just make the awkward middle of a rumble longer. Yep. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, 
so yeah sean michaels comes out he like cleans house like so it's basically just him and trips uh and then john comes out john the cena mm-hmm. and i remember at the time being like oh this is that boring guy that all the kids like um but now i'm like it's john cena i actually really like john cena on ironically now yes I do he as well man yes he only has five moves but that's not as accurate anymore because he actually does have quite a few moves under his belt. He just really doesn't break them out very often. <laughs> no, he's a lot like a Hulk Hogan. Like when you watch like a Hulk Hogan in Japan, you can see him bring out all these different moves. But um, John Cena's matches in the US Open Challenge were fantastic. Mm, but yeah. did you like his match at WrestleMania this year when it was all the Firefly Funhouse and then he turned heel or turned heel as it were? And it's yeah. like, this is such good shit. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah, no, I only actually watched that fairly recently, but man, that was, uh, I'm, I'm, again, cinematic matches, I am a big fan of. I'm a big fan of filmed matches, because it's cinema. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's pure, like, actual, like, you know, you can actually choreograph stuff more accurately, and you can get interesting cinematography, and that's my jam. I love that when it's done well and it leans into something that the WWE have had on their belt for a long time, but not really ever utilized very well. Nope. Um, and yeah, stuff like that is really good. <laughs> mm, that, <laughs> like, that and the Boneyard match, the Boneyard match as well. I thought. Was yeah, good. that was really fun as well. Yeah, no, I, 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 I did. I've not seen it all the way through, but from what I've seen of that, I'm like, wow, this is actually really interesting as well. I'll watch it through. It's a really good match. Mm. Uh, so yeah, where were we? Oh yeah, John Cena just comes in. Um, and then, oh my god, betrayal, Sean superkicks Triple H and Triple H is dead. That's never happened before and will never happen again. <laughs> I know. Sean, ne- Sean never betrays Triple H. <laughs> Triple H never betrays Sean. They're the best friends. Tag teams never betray each other. They never do it. I'm not bored. Um, and then Shelton Benjamin comes in and it's like, oh, yay, Shelton Benjamin's here. Oh, no, Shelton's gone, of course. Yep. And then Yoshi Tatsu's here. And I'm like, oh. Oh, that that guy. Yoshi. Yeah, I remember I, I, you. I, I completely forgot about Yoshi Tatsu. I <laughs> was like, oh, my God, I remember you now. Yeah. The generic baby face. Yeah. Does he wrestle anymore? Uh, he kind of got his neck really badly broken um and uh, i think it was um aj with styles clash oh yeah it was uh, yeah yeah and no, I, I remember hearing about that and it being bad and i think he's like in new japan as an occasional commentator now or something um yeah he also apparently as well is signed to all japan pro wrestling so he does okay some stuff still so crazy seeing him again and then it's big show how can anyone eliminate the Big Show? Oh, I mean, man. Like, he's so big, it's impossible to eliminate him. Even though he's never won a Rumble and been in loads, but it's impossible to eliminate him. Oh, even I though, man. evidently, lots of people have. <laughs> um, yep. And then another person I'd completely forgotten about, Chris Masters. Oh, yeah, I remember <laughs> Chris Masters. The masterpiece. The mastermind of the Master Lock. <laughs> yes. Do you remember the Master Lock Challenge? As yes. well, I was like, but yeah. Oh, the power of the full Nelson. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the 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 thing that the Miz does as a part of his finisher. 
Yes, indeed. <laughs> it's it's uh, oh, Chris Masters. Uh, I know. He was someone else who was just in there because he was a beefy man. Yep. Vince looked at him and just went, wow. Yeah, I know. Wow. <laughs> uh, and then our truth is here. And our truth eliminates Big Show and Kane. <laughs> and I'm just like, wait, what? This is kind of crazy. <laughs> I know, isn't it? And then our truth, like, kind of cleans house and like does a bunch of finishes and stuff and i'm like oh what is with this like mini mega push that truth is getting and then it completely as soon as uh swagger comes in truth just lies on the floor for the rest of it and quietly gets eliminated later and this is like what 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 (laughs) why did truth get like the best 30 seconds like i know the whole thing in the royal rumble is like everybody gets 30 seconds to get their stuff in but Truth just like killed it and then just nothing happened. <laughs> it was so weird. I know, man. It was really weird. And then the following year, he went all crazy with little Jimmy and all that weird stuff. And yeah. then he had awesome truth and all that. And it was like, Jesus, man. Yeah, man. That guy has had a crazy career. And yeah, Jack Swagger um, says a lot that I just kind of glossed over him because that's kind of how I felt about Swagger for a long time. But uh, Man, he's doing like his his stuff in AEW. Like I really enjoyed actually. Yeah, same here, man. I think he's been doing some really good stuff in AEW. Really good stuff. Yeah, and he's he's playing to his strengths of um, he's not great at being a good promo, so maybe just don't talk a lot. And he's really good at that. <laughs> he's yeah, really, he's really he's good. Actually, he's actually really good at just like uh, just having a vacant threatening stare and it's actually quite intimidating yeah because uh his stuff with wardlow as well was just been really good because you know the mjf and chris jericho Mm -hmm. thing that's been going on it's great to see that both of them just doing their intimidating faces and it's a perfect role for him yeah no he's he's, the muscle band guy yeah he's great at that and he's always been a good wrestler that has never really been able to connect the dots with like being a good performer um but man like he is really killing it now which is great to see but uh at this period of time i'm just like man he's got a good theme song mm. that's vaguely rage against the machine which i like um and uh oh man i think the funniest thing about his theme song is uh it, i was like man this really sounds like rage against the machine like i wonder who this is and uh, it turns out they are a Rage Against the Machine cover band called oh. Age Against the Machine. <laughs> so funny, man. That's awesome. <laughs> do, you, do you remember when everyone used to think the Chris Warren band was Rage Against the Machine with a DX theme and stuff? Oh, did they? Yes, yeah, so a lot of people thought that was Rage Against the Machine. That's I mean, nothing like Rage. I know, but I never did, but some people did for some odd reason. I was that's like, no, that's not Rage Against the Machine. And then number 27, Kofi Classico. Thankfully not true jafakin kofi but still like you know classic sos kofi i know man i just see where he's gone on to now it's like a former world champion and then talking about blow-ups like i know (laughs) kofi's had a massive one and ah yeah no i i i used to like kofi back here back in this era but i was never like a kofi fan because he never really did anything but i'm like he seems cool he does good flippy stuff and then, you know, his Rumble stuff was always, like, a highlight when mm. it, when that did happen, you know. Uh, and then another one of my favourite wrestlers, 28 Chris Jericho. This is yep. 
a lovely era of Chris Jericho. I love the heel wearing a suit, calling everybody tapeworms era Jericho, because that's Jericho I've grown up on, basically. Yes. <laughs> and I do love this this era of him, but uh, frankly, I can't think of an era of Chris Jericho I haven't liked that I've seen, because the man's just seemingly timeless, because he just constantly is just like, no, I'm just going to do new stuff. I'm just going to keep doing new stuff and building and building and building on what I've done. And yeah, yeah definitely with that, man. Yeah. And I still love Chris Jericho and the stuff he's doing is amazing. Is so like, good, man. He, like his little champion, uh, a bit of the bubbly, his stuff he's been doing the inner circle, his stuff with Orange Cassidy's. Oh man, he's been so good. The man is in a bit. fantastic. Always has been. Probably always will be. Yeah. Did you like his Alpha versus Omega stuff and his stuff against um, Naito as well? I thought that stuff was really good too. Um, I liked it except for the dumb face paint. <laughs> oh, yeah. I understand. Yeah, I can see that. I'm glad he's dropped that face paint pretty quickly. But um, the actual content, like, I did really like. I just I just didn't like the pain maker face paint. <laughs> I was just like, oh, you just look. You just look like a 50-year-old man who's going to a My Chemical Romance concert, man. Like, this isn't a good look for you. This just makes you look even older. Please stop. <laughs> Thankfully, he did. Yeah, he did, yeah. Because I thought it was really good on the 30th anniversary show for a uh, for him. They, they had people like Tanahashi like, say something which I thought was really cool. Mm. Yeah, no, the man is a living legend for sure. He is uh, for sure, man. And it was very nice seeing him, even if it was fairly briefly in this. Um, and then the big one, is, it's Edge. It's Edgar. Yeah, back from his um, long time out being injured. I yeah. think it was out for like 10 months or so, wasn't he? He was out for a long time. Yeah, it was crazy. Like his music here and like it, it's it's it was it was amazing. Like I got to see him like walk into the wrestling ring and hit like three spears and i didn't have to like look at the crowd it was amazing i know <laughs> that was know. such a shit show at this last rumble i know oh was, my god it was, was that such and a... the aj stars as well when that when they was on the shot of roman reigns it's like why would you be doing this it's put it on aj honestly i think this was worse because <laughs> like this is some this is like a huge moment of catharsis for so many people, because it's just yeah, like, man. this is a man who had retired. He was done. He was never coming back. His neck was broken. He was gone. And now here's this moment. He's finally come back. He's clearly emotional. When you could actually see him on camera, you could see he was basically yeah. close to tears. But no, we're just going to look at the crowd. And it's like, no, let me enjoy this moment like I'm there too. Yep. <laughs> Like, didn't, he, didn't he do the first beer on Dolph? And I remember Dolph saying that he was really annoyed with the with that shot as well. They did it on the uh, crowd. They, the fact they just cut away from uh, his first spear back. It's like, that's his thing. I know it's not the best spear that's ever been. It's not the great spear, but it's his thing. Mm-hmm. And that's his big return. And, uh... <laughs> And I man, it's ridiculous. It was yeah. so bad. So and especially seeing this, because this was great, and the emotion of the crowd and him and everything just stars aligning. It was great, and it was just a big, explosive, surprising punch. And I remember in the moment, like 
I was excited and I didn't even know why because I didn't know the edge had gone really. Um, but my friend was super excited because he's just like, oh my god, he's back! Like, and like I was, I was like, like excited through proxy and contact, and I was like, oh, oh, okay, this is a big deal. Oh my god, this is a big deal. Everyone's freaking out. This is crazy. Like, wrestling can be this exciting. This is crazy. Um, and hey, like that—that's another thing I love about Rumbles is it's the perfect vehicle for surprise. And I like mm-hmm. surprises. Surprises are fun. That's just, yeah, it's just like, oh, wow, something unexpected is happening, and this is great. Um, and, yeah, they're not cutting away from the exciting thing, like assholes. That's something to be celebrated, sadly. Mm. <laughs> yeah, because one of the cool things I like about this one as well, it was one of the last ones not to bring back the, the legends. Mm. So when they had this surprise, it was even better, bigger and better as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, I'm so happy that Edge came back. I, I've always been a massive fan of Edge. Yeah, no, and oh, I, boy, Alter Bridge have not made any other songs that I really am interested in, but this song so works for him. <laughs> I, I know the lead singer did some stuff with Slash, but besides that, yeah, this song is probably their biggest hit, or mm-hmm. one that people know. Yeah. No, then a few other ones, I think, like Broken Wings or something, but this one is definitely their number one hit and it's like yeah man seeing edge back with his big beard as well was just brilliant uh, and then he yep. got me to do it literally the week afterwards i was like okay then but yeah <laughs> so good seeing him back and yeah then number 30 another guy i like who has had an amazing glow up is batista yeah man. like and oh man i forgot how freaking crisp batista was like the, the 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 moment he comes in and like there's a but he does like a bunch of spine busters to everyone and I'm like man just the way he just pops up after them it's so smooth and it's just like this this guy was a really good wrestler this is and, he was man yeah his matches against Taker were fantastic yeah like I like that's that's the one of the main things that like I wish I'd seen more of back in the days because like this is like right at the tail end of Batista like. Like, there is not a lot of Batista left after this, if I remember correctly. No, he Um, he wrestles to Mania, and then he... No, it was a month afterwards, and he leaves, because he loses some last man standing match with some weird stuff, and then he has that amazing promo where he's in the middle of the ring in a wheelchair, but I'm not going to leave, and then he goes... I remember that, yeah. ...came back as Bootista, and then left and came back this year to lose against Triple H in his final match and now he's Give me what I want. <laughs> yeah. And now he's um uh gone back to proper acting again. Yeah, and he's an amazing actor. Like he is, isn't he? Really, really good. Every, every, everything I've seen him in, he's been great and he's at, like, you know, killed it in Guardians, killed it in Blade Runner. Like he he was even good in Bond, even though that wasn't a very good Bond film. <laughs> like And he didn't really say much, but he had that amazing presence about him as well. Because I think mm. for me, I know um, he wouldn't work as a character by himself, but I think he's one of the best things about the Guardians of the Galaxy because he is just so funny and just has those amazing quips and those lines. And I'm like, you are brilliant. He's become such a good character actor, which is yeah, has, something he? you would never expect from a wrestler. <laughs> like most wrestlers that go into acting, uh, go in there off of raw charisma, like your Hulk Hogan's, your Rocks, your Cena's. Like they're just charismatic people. They're never going to be disappearing into a character. You know, it's always going to be, oh, look, it's The Rock. But with Batista, 
you're like, oh, it's Drax. It's Guy from Blade Runner. Like, it's like it's not just, oh, look, it's Batista. Like, yeah, he disappears into those characters way better. Um, and I, 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 I wish I could have seen more Batista to get like, like back in the day, because man, I really enjoy the bits of Batista wrestling I see now. Like, and yeah, like really big fan of him now. Like, w- w- wish he'd stuck around more, but probably for the best that he didn't for himself. Yeah, because the stuff he says about WWE, especially and stuff, mm. like you feel like he hates the company with some, yeah. with some stuff he says, and he's really into his politics as well because mm. he hates Trump, which I'm 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 all <laughs> for because I think Trump's a bastard. I would use a lot more stronger word, but you know, but yeah, it's just and it's just so cool to see him. And then he's this amazing actor who, as you said, amazing as Drax. I think for me, Drax had some of the best lines in the entire guardians movies mm. and i think even though he was in the film for the first five minutes or so of blade runner you you, you couldn't forget him i thought he would yeah. do pretty well no he's he, honestly like any acting projects that like he's gets to actually be like a part of some a really good production he's done really well in mm. like the only film i can think of that uh i had no interest in seeing him within was that I can't even remember if it remember the name of the film, but I saw loads of trailers and ads about it, about him being a spy teaching this little girl about how to be a oh, spy. One, yeah. yeah, and I'm just like, well, okay, that that is the kind of film you expect a wrestler to be in. <laughs> another film he was in that was another comedy film that I can't remember what it was called, but it had Kajavor something. He was the he's been he's been in a lot of different films i can't remember what the name of it was that was all over we at one point as well when it was back and they had the cast of that film in the crowd wrestlemania as well they didn't mention anything about avengers obviously because mm. he was um you know dead or you know <laughs> right. uh but then yeah but i can't remember what remember what the film is called let me have a look but i remember they were promoting it a lot on WWE tv mm. I'm trying to think um oh it was called stuba Oh God! Yeah, that was it. Oh yeah, with um Aziz Ansari. Is it yeah. Aziz Ansari? Uh, yeah, I no, think it's, also it's, had... um, no, Kamal Nanjani. That's Sorry. it, Kamal Nanjani. That's that's it. Yeah, and I remember them promoting that all the time, and I'm like, oh my God, this looks so bad. Been watching a load of Parks and Rec, so I've got Aziz Ansari in my head. <laughs> um, but yes, um, so Batista comes in. Um, everybody starts spamming R1, just loads of finishes all over the spot place. Um, at this point, we're down to um, Sean, Jericho, Edge, and Batista. Um, Jericho gets gone fairly quickly. Um, and then, yeah, we were left with uh, Sean and Batista and Edge. And Batista manages to eliminate Sean. And Sean gets very sad. And he's just yep. like, no. No wait, no, no, come on, no, I've got to be, I've got to, I've got to beat, I've got to fight the Undertaker, please, you got to let me back in the match. And the ref's like, no, you, you, you know, you, you got eliminated, like you're gonna have to go. And then Sean like super kicks the ref, and is just like gets back in the ring, and the refs follow him, and they're like, no, come on, dude, like what do you want from us? Like you got eliminated, you got to go. Yeah, you just, I remember you this. Just, you just see Sean like breaking down in the middle of the ring, just like, oh, but it's destiny i'm supposed to i'm supposed to fight the undertaker and no i can't be eliminated i can't i can't i have to do it no and yeah then he eventually like 
kicks the other ref and then realizes, oh man, I'm being an asshole. I'm gonna just go. Yeah. Damn mm-hmm. it. And yeah. yeah, he just he just walks away and he's angry and sad and oh the emotion on his face is so palpable. Isn't it, man? He's so good. Yeah, you really feel you really feel the heartbreak from the heartbreak kid there. Like and it's oh, it's good. It's good. It's good storytelling. It's good it's good wrestling. It's good, it's man. So good. And then and then when they finally do have the match, it adds so much more because you remember this happening mm. and how desperate he was to mm. wrestle this man too. Yeah. hmm And it, it it makes you understand why he'd do something as stupid as like, you know, I'm gonna put my career on the line because fuck you. Yeah. Like yeah, no. Um so yeah, with uh with uh Sean gone, it's down to like I believe it's Batista and Edge, and Edge manages to like spear Batista and get him out, and Edge wins. And it's like, hey, the boy yeah. did it. He came back. He, did. he, he did, came he back did, and he won. He did a win. He's going to WrestleMania, and it's it's like, yay! This is a nice, happy, happy story with some nice sad bits and a boring middle and a really fun, interesting beginning and. This is a really good rumble. This yeah, is, very good rumble. For the, really for, good. The, for the most part, this is how you do a Royal Rumble. Like, like you know, people like CM Punk get to do interesting stuff and look really good, and you get to build storylines. Like, you know, like as much as a like, it didn't really lead to a memorable feud because boy, I don't remember it. But Ms. V MVP, you know, that's building a feud. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like this is a really good story and it was a nice trip down memory lane for me because i get to look at all of these people and go wow some of you went nowhere but some of you went really damn far (laughs) yeah and also as well it builds up as well the chris jericho edge feud as well because Mm. you want edge to come back so you can then exact revenge on the way that chris jericho literally was like through edge to the wayside and like you're useless to me you got injured your own fault and then ended up putting up with someone else and still was bad mouthing edge yeah great way to turn edge heel a uh, face sorry about even turning him properly yeah no it was it was really good speaking speaking of which i think oh wow yeah no i i, I actually missed someone uh <laughs> number 15 was carlito and i even forgot carlito existed at the time because i've literally written down 15 Oh god, I forgot Carlito exists. I know, man. And I, I forgot I to know. even say him. I just realized, like, wait, did Carlito <laughs> appear at some point? Did I say that? I don't think I said that. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I remember Carlito. It's weird we don't see him much at all, and his cousin and his brother, you don't see anything from them either. No, no, you really don't. Like, yeah. So I remember, I remember at one point Carlito was going to be like the the big guy, like the next star. Mm. Because I remember back in 2005, he was really popular and, like, over and started to become cheered. And then they turned him face, made him uncool, and then he literally just went... Literally just yeah, down the man, the, the contrast between, like, you know, the likes of Carlito and Drew and seeing where those two people were and are now, it's just like, whoa, man, things can really change. <laughs> they really can, can't they? It's mad, yeah. isn't it, just to see how far things have changed. Yeah. And it's the same. Like, you know, 10 years ago, I was a very different person. And now here I am. And, like, yeah, like, 10 years, is a, it's, a, it's a decade. It's a long time. It like, is, isn't it, man? Yeah, I completely agree with you. Like, I was a completely different person as well 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, we, you know, man, it's good that we all evolve and become better and stuff. 
Yeah, man. I mean, I was like, well, I'd have been like 18 and like, like just coming out of secondary school, basically, and heading off into the big wide world. Like, it was, yeah, man. So it's a, it was a weirdly nice trip down memory lane for me, and some good wrestling and some utterly horrible wrestling <laughs> that I'm yeah. glad I forgot about and will proceed to forget about again. <laughs> Same here, man. Same here. I guess that's one of the good things about watching a show like this because you get to see that variety which is why i think it emphasizes the good stuff because you want the bad stuff because otherwise you just see all the good stuff and then it doesn't feel as special anymore yeah i mean if uh if, if we didn't have that horrible horrible women's match and oh. uh, i wouldn't have appreciated ray and undertaker quite as much yes <laughs> or the rumble either i like that match yeah. was so bad the whole thing was just terrible i was like why WWE? why would you do this yeah i i mean if any of the listeners are thinking about going back and watching this i would say uh if you want uh watch the christian versus Ezekiel jackson match as a nice like warm-up opener and then just skip right to take away yes. <laughs> just ignore everything else definitely dude i definitely believe <laughs> um, you there like everything else was either meh didn't matter or was just horrible <laughs> but after that it was great yeah, and I really enjoyed it, and I'm really glad I got to revisit it. No worries, man. And before we head off and uh, do like the plugs and stuff, Ben, who would you who would be your MVP of the show? Ooh, I mean, I mean, this is massive personal bias, but I've got to say, Punk. That whole opening segment of the Rumble would have been dreary and dull if it wasn't for that amazing run he had. And he turned moments with baby Zack Ryder and JTG of all people into entertaining stuff. Like, yeah. which is not easy to do. <laughs> like, I agree with you there, man. I second everything that you say. Punk was my MVP. I loved him. I thought it was brilliant. I loved all his promos. I loved the way you could just his character was brilliant. So if he, as you said, if you've never seen him before, you could understand his character, which I find the only thing about the Rumble is you don't understand their characters, but I think with the way that they did yeah. the punk that you did. Mm. Yeah, no, it can that it can be a bad environment to introduce people to with wrestling because like you won't get all the context. But at the same time, it's also quite a good little introduction to everyone because everybody mm-hmm. gets a chance to get their stuff in and it you know it's it's like an it's like an elevator pitch of wrestling. You know, you get 30 seconds to do your stuff. And if you can make a big impression in those 30 seconds then people are going to remember you like yeah definitely man yeah like I, yeah like, i don't even remember carlito bless him i know man i i i remember carlito to a certain extent but not at this time this at this time he lost all his character yeah no he didn't have his weird apple spitting gimmick or anything he didn't spit any apples in any faces no. in, in this wasn't rumble he in a tag team with primo or epico or one oh gosh i don't know <laughs> i can't remember man it was bloody hell it's amazing isn't it like when you watch your shows back you can remember certain things and certain people but other people i'm mm. like who are you again yeah or people yeah. that you forgot that you knew about like chris masters yes. i completely forgot chris masters had no space in my brain up until like today when i was just like oh yeah chris <laughs> masters yeah the masterpiece the mastermind of the master lock oh gosh <laughs> i know man, i know <laughs> so funny brilliant stuff 
So anyway, man, uh, before we head off, anything you want to plug, uh, plug at all, dude? Or uh, no, uh, I'm I'm terribly boring at the moment. I don't really have any social media presence. I don't stream. I'm planning on maybe doing some streaming eventually, because um, uh, this lovely podcast recording that uh, Mark has invited me to has reminded me that I do actually have some decent uh av equipment i've got a decent set of mic i've got a decent microphone a decent pc and headphones so at some point i might be streaming as helpless badger on twitch if i feel like it but if oh, not Marshall, man any particular games you might want to be um streaming at all or anything or just weighing and see what happens i mean knowing me i'll probably be playing some uh boring rts like total warhammer or some weird ass game like space station 13 i don't know whatever i fancy playing like who knows what i'll do i don't even know what i'll do i don't even know if i will do it (laughs) if you do man let me know boss and i'll um add it to the link uh add it to the links and stuff for the episode and and everything else and plug it as much as i can yeah no i will do yeah no you get your stuff in then man Awesome, man. And also as well, guys, don't forget to, as you know, like, follow and subscribe to Nair Wrestling on all the different social medias, podcast networks and YouTube, too. Um, and that was Nair Wrestling, guys. We've been your amazing like host and, co- uh, host and guest, as always, Mark Sylvester and Ben Upton. Yeah, thank you for having me on the show, man. It's been fun. No, good, been really good fun as well, man. We got to do this again, see, man. It's like, it's kind of like bringing back old memories again. <laughs> Us just chatting. Ecomania rides again. Yeah, that does it for sure, man. And that was no resting, guys. Take care and always remember. Just skip to the rumble. <laughs> <laughs>
Freedom